Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Dong City, April 26, episode 57, a.k.a. the Johan Santana edition. If you remember Johan Santana, you remember how filthy that changeup was. Welcome back, was. everybody. So, Welcome back to... Pardon the, the feedback there. Well, again, episode 57. Vince, you ready to get today popping? Because we got a lot of stuff to cover. I am now that you mentioned Johan Santana and that circle change. You're on mute, brother. That's a nice, uh, you know, I did, I had no 57 off the top of my head. So that's some nice. Get today, probably, we got a lot of stuff to um, yeah, we do have a lot to cover. This is a nine segment episode, which I don't think we've had before. So we will get right into it. And I can make this first segment so quick, it'll make your head spin. COVID updates, none. Next segment. <laughs> I, there is one. What? I looked it up right before we went on. I think uh, Jose Altuve is still positive with COVID. How is that? He's been positive longer than Freddie Freeman, and Freddie Freeman allegedly like was about to die from it. Proof, further proof that you, that he's always been cheating. I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess the COVID is just stronger with small people. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Altuve's still out. Jeez, um, everyone else back though on that Astros team, right? I believe so. Okay, still. Uh, they're they're back to sucking. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So. We uh, moved to someone who finally is not back to sucking, and we're going to get right into the controversy here on this episode of Don City, and that is starting with Madison Bumgarner. Him of the six-plus ERA going into his last start faces the Braves lineup, which I think, Henry, you can relate when you say that. Without Ronald Acuna, oh. that is one shitty lineup for some oh. reason. I enjoyed it, so uh, <laughs> I enjoyed them uh, facing the Yankees and, and, you know, the Yankees winning. But without Acuna, man, he's, like they say, he's the straw that stirs that drink, man. I know they got Freddie Freeman, but Acuna is that guy. Yeah, now he was back for that for this doubleheader. The Braves scored zero runs on one hit in 14 innings between the two games, which leads to the controversy that has run amok within baseball life. And that is Madison Bumgarner in the second, I believe, of those two games through a seven-inning no-hitter. Uh, the the big debate going around in baseball life is should it count as a no-hitter? My thought on this is very, very clear. I don't know if you feel differently, Henry, so we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this? First of all, I didn't know that simple post. All I did was forward an MLB post and write the word discuss. That's it. Yeah. And you got your wish. I, I got my wish. It worked. Uh, my thoughts on it are I, I'm on the fence. Um, I, I get everyone saying it shouldn't count. But if we're going to count it and we're, we're doing these COVID games and, and we have these new rules, it's kind of hard not to count it. You have to find some way to honor it, um, whether it's with an asterisk or something. But you, you can't ignore it. He did pitch a full game, granted a seventh inning game. He did pitch a full game. He met the maximum requirement for a game. Pitched a no-hitter. Um, I believe there was a, a throwing error or something. It actually could have been a perfect game. Um, I, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I, there's been a ton of, of games that have been going to the eighth and the ninth inning, and Mike Mussina lost two games, you know, the last hitter on the, in the ninth inning. So, you know, there's something to be said about that pressure that comes with a no-hitter in the eighth and ninth inning. The flip side to that, it's Mad Bum, and if there's one thing he can handle is pressure. We know, we see it. You know, people call him the goat in pitching in high-pressure situations. So I'm a little on both sides of the fence here, which is usually not my position on things, but I just it's it's hard. It's hard on this one. Thus the birth of Hedging Henry. 
<laughs> we pulling a me here. Yeah, uh, I, sure. <laughs> I, I feel the opposite. So Madison Bumgarner, uh, yeah, absolutely can handle the pressure. By the way, I, I'll go on record as saying I have no doubt he would have completed the no-hitter uh, because the Braves just weren't touching anything the entire day. It's a really shitty lineup. Acuna was back. They still were terrible. It's just not a good, not a good April for the Braves offense. Um, all of that said, I get it from a logical standpoint, right? Like logically you're asked to throw seven innings in a double header ever since this rule was implemented. He threw seven innings in a double header. He threw no hitter should be a no hitter. Uh, but that's where it stops for me. This is very simple for me before 2020. I don't care what John Morosi said, by the way, he's absolutely wrong. Uh, before, and I, I'll tell you why I know this and that's to do with my shirt. Uh, before 2020, when they implemented this double header rule, which by the way, has been in the minors for years, they specifically said, if you throw a no hitter in a double header, it will be an unofficial no hitter. It won't be an official no hitter. I know this again, because Garrett Cole, September 11th would have had a very special no hitter with his FDNY hat on. And it got broken up in like the sixth inning, seventh inning or whatever. Um, and they specifically said throughout that whole game watching it, it will not be an official no hitter. It would obviously still be a special moment for Yankees fans had he completed it. Um, and then we go into this year. So, I mean, this, this rule's been established and it's not unlike MLB to put an S9 non-logical rule in place where, hey, by the way, we're shortening double headers and the stats aren't going to be an official, but the game will count. So, I, you know, you have to get past that. MLB does this type of stuff all the time. As we've learned from the comments section, rule's been in place since 1991. If you don't throw nine complete innings of, of a game, it's not a no-hitter. And if you accept all of that as established before this game took place, then for me it comes down to this is no different than a rain-shortened unofficial no-hitter. And it's no different than a reliever coming in after a hit was given up by a starter and throwing a seven inning no hitter. Same accomplishment. It's not on the level of a nine inning no hitter because it's already established. It's not the same thing. So for me, it's just very simple. I'm sorry, Madison. He doesn't care, by the way. It's not as he could, couldn't care less. Uh, this is simply fan fodder. I get the logic behind feeling it should be a no hitter, but this to me feels very like participation trophy ish in that we had a rule, it was agreed to by everyone. He throws it, it under happened, the rule, it doesn't count. Yeah. yeah, so I mean- it, it, I tell you what, you know where it gets real interesting? So you say you have no doubt he would have gotten it? Yeah. I would have loved to see what would have happened because do you want to guess how many pitches he had in that game? How many? 98. 90, oh, all right. I, I didn't pay that close of attention to it. He has not thrown 100 pitches all season. 91, 99, 98, 80, and 98. So I would have been interested to see if, if he was well. You know what? He has enough. Uh, he has enough. Uh, you know, cachet to uh, override the manager there. But uh, I would have been. Interested to see. He's got a six ERA, so I don't think they care really what it's going to do to his performance at this point. He's but, got uh, the contract, so they got to get as much out of him as they possibly can. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Arizona not known for their bullpen, so uh, you know, if you have a combined situation there, it may get broken up. I stand corrected. I. I didn't know what his, that was the one thing I didn't check was his pitch count, but absolutely. That's you're looking at, other, baby, we got each other for that. You're looking at 120 plus if he's going nine. Another reason why there's a huge element now, why seven inning no hitter, not the same as nine. Yeah. And that has to be taken into account too. There's a lot of variables there. So great accomplishment. He can tell his grandkids about it, but. He threw the first seven, seven inning no hitter. Yeah, they didn't even make Andres Galarraga's perfect game official. So why why make this an you know, official thing? They got to write that wrong one day, man. 
Absolutely. That would be one of the first things. It's such an easy win for a commissioner. You wouldn't have uh, a game, do something, make a day out of it. You, you got to write that wrong. Yeah, it, it's very silly. By the way, Jacob Moses loves my shirt. I didn't expect anything less from him. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at Larry's comment. He says, hey, my favorite Puerto Rican and Italian combo. That sounds like a hell of a sandwich. <laughs> that sounds like a musical, too. It sounds uh, like one hell of a sandwich, an Italian-Puerto Rican combo. Yeah, I like that. Like any any bodega, anywhere, anywhere any deli in New York City, that, that's what they should be selling, especially it, in the it'll Bronx. It'll be like a chopped cheese with marinara sauce and, and mozzarella in it. <laughs> like Section 134 of Yankee Stadium. That's where you get uh, the Dong City sandwich. No, nah, it's got to be in the bleachers. You got to go with the people, <laughs> Yeah, one day we'll get to the 100 section. Um so yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts. I, I sorry if it upsets anyone. I know there's a heated controversy, but it's very cut and dry to me. I'll give you another controversy surrounding that. Madison Bumgarner was named Co-NL Player of the Week. Who's the other one? Fernando Tatis. Okay, well, hey, let's let's get into that then. Well, my uh, issue there is, how do you not? If you're going to do a Co-MVP um, of the Week, how do you not choose Jacob DeGrom? <laughs> Another good point. Let's look at the comparison here. Bumgarner, yes, he throws a seven-inning doubleheader, no-hitter unofficially. Uh, Jacob DeGrom also, he threw nine, right? He went the distance that game at nine innings. Nine innings shutout. Complete game 16, shutout. 16 strikeouts or 15? 15 strikeouts, no walks. Yeah, I mean – Come on, I, I, I'm putting that above bar. That was a if you're looking at pitcher war or whatever the hell that stat is, where it's like single game value. Bum, uh, Bum is going to get crushed by Degrom. That, I mean, Degrom. It, it reminds me of when Matt Cain had that 13 strikeout perfect game, and it like ranks as one of the greatest starts of all time. Same thing. Here's the thing: I would have given it to Tatis flat out, but yeah. if you're going to do the cold thing, it, it's got to be Jake. Well, so let's talk about Tatis for a second Ooh, as we get into. The boy came back hot. We have mentioned this. I'm going to credit Rob for this entire rivalry because he jumped pretty early on the Padres bandwagon last year, and they have they. This is what makes me sad. They made me wrong twice this series. One, I said just last week. I don't think the Dodgers will lose a series till June. Well, the only team in baseball that could probably beat the Dodgers in the series right now did it. Padres win that three out of four, and they did it with a six-run comeback last night to win that final game. Otherwise, it would have been a split because it was a four-game series. Yeah, I looked at that game, and I'm like, oh, this game is going to suck. And uh, Padres said, oh. hold my beer. They're not. I'll give it, I I still think the Dodgers are the better team if they played in the playoffs. I don't think it would go okay. seven, although I would hope it would. I want, uh, the Padres are not. Receding, by the way. Yeah, the Padres are not scared of the Dodgers. I'll give them that. They are not. That is a swagged-out team. They do not care about the Dodgers they very much believe they can beat them I just don't think they actually would when push comes to shove with the set rotation and everything like that now the other thing I was wrong about is Tatis himself and I'm not this isn't a grand just you know grand gesture as far as his entire career goes um but I did say off the record that I think that the injury was going to affect him. He came back very quickly from an injury that should not he should not be coming back that quickly and he has not missed a beat Rob, let's get to those highlights. But Tatis, five home runs in this Dodgers series. And let's go to uh, the the man responsible for Fernando Tatis Jr. That is his father, Fernando Tatis. The original Don City in the Tatis household. Yeah, so here we go. The Tatises well, matching up here. You know what we're watching here, right? 
pretty similar stances. This is the same day, 22 years apart, the day Fernando Tatis, the father, senior, hits two grand slams in an inning is the same day Fernando Tatis Jr., the son, hits two home runs against the Dodgers, a marquee matchup that I think most of the baseball world was very captivated by. And he makes fun of Trevor Bauer along the way. He makes fun of Trevor Bauer. (laughs) Which, by the way, we got a little tangent there. We got a little comment today, a little post about how Trevor Bauer was a crybaby because he thought that Tatis was stealing signs. John Boy did a whole thing on it. We confirmed Tatis. He did peak, but it was after the signs were already lifted. Trevor Bauer is not a crybaby in this situation because Uh, he absolutely credited Tatis about everything. He was very, very gracious in this situation. I gave him all the credit. I've I've shitted on Trevor Bauer because he's a troll. And most of the times he can't take the smoke when he gets it. This time, what we saw all weekend was fun. It wasn't just Tatis. It was Eric Hosmer to Eric Hosmer. He struck out Eric Hosmer, and he kind of did the sword and the in the holder thing that that Hosmer does. So then Hosmer got a hit the next at bat, and he kind of did it right back to him. And Bauer <laughs> kind of just laughed and covered his face. But at the post game, he was asked about it, and he said, "You know what? Tatis hit a home run. He's allowed to do that. That's what we need. We need more of that." And I actually absolutely love that response. He could have been a dick. He could have come back and hit him. And you know what? He didn't get Tatis out. The second at bat, Tatis came back and hit another home run. But uh, yeah, credit to Bauer because he gets it. Um, He knows what it's about. And he's right. We need more of that. We need more of the fun on the field and get rid of these, you know, the old man yelling at the cloud grandpas in the game. And and I I appreciated his response. That to me is what makes this rivalry special is this to me is a new aged baseball rivalry that we need. And what I mean by that is if you go back, the the best rivalry I've seen until now, um, most recently was Yankees Red Sox circa 2003 to 2005. Mm -hmm. And that's because those teams hated each other. They threw at each other. They got into fights with each other. They had comebacks against each other. They played each other twice in the playoffs. I mean, that was a heated, their arch rivals, just like the Padres and Dodgers, there's a heated rivalry. This is a, a modern-day version of that. They don't necessarily hate each other, but both teams get it, and they understand their entertainers, and they're entertaining the hell out of the baseball world. And I couldn't be more appreciative of that. They are doing everything, like you said, Henry, that 15 years ago would have resulted in guys getting thrown at sure. and guys heading into fights. And it's not because that's not, that's not the direction baseball is going anymore. They want to have fun. They want to let loose. They want to let their personality shine. And quite frankly, that's what the sport needs. And that's why people I think were so captivated by this, these seven games they've played so far. Every game has been a classic almost. Everything. And every game has had showmanship and fantastic talent. Obviously there's two best teams in baseball. I don't know if it's close, you know, Padres record aside, this might be the series that gets them going. Um, yeah, but they, they get it. Everyone gets it. At the end of the day, it was the Fernando Tatis show. My man came back. He was eight for 18, five home runs, six RBIs, nine runs, and three stolen bases. And he put on a show rounding the bases against Trevor Bauer. He just, he did it all this weekend. And he's got like one and a half shoulders. That's what impresses me the most. You know what? He's got one and a half shoulders, but he's got a ton of throwing errors. So, you got to be careful there. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen there. So that goes more into the long-term prognostication mm-hmm. for uh, Fernando Tessis Jr. Is that, you know, I we're still, I think, under 162 career games. Um, fantasy-wise, he's going second. <laughs> that probably looks right this year. But 
I'm not ready to call. He's not to me. He's still not in the Juan Soto, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts level yet. Like those are the three guys I'd go to war with as far yeah, as talking on the field. Talent. What's that? Are you talking on the field? Yeah. Okay, I say that because I think Tatis is ready to face the baseball. Yeah, no, I, I, this is like, you know, 2017, Aaron Judge, to me, was the face of baseball at that point, just because he, he was a phenomenon. He, you know, was doing things rookies had never done, six foot seven, a thousand pounds, whatever, like didn't, nothing made sense about him that year as far as his athleticism. You, you fast forward to now, I absolutely agree with you. Mike Trout doesn't have the personality. Juan Soto doesn't have... I don't know what he's missing, he's but he's it. not Fernando Tatis. No, he's missing it. Yeah, right. Tatis yeah, you can't you it. can't quantify it, but you know it when you see it. That's what Tatis does have. Um, and I'm, already, I'm on the limb. Fernando Tatis is the face of MLB. Period. Yeah, he, he's, he's not the best they, player. He's the face of the game. And he's the face of the video game, which we'll get to later. <laughs> so uh, I, and, I don't know what the hell is happening in the comment section, but everyone's uh, eating each other's ass over here. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you guys fight more. I like that. They're having uh, fights in the comments. I love this, man. This, this is, is what Dodgers Padres does to everyone. I love this shit. And I got a weight compliment. I'll take that all day long. Um, <laughs> by the way, before we get into the rest of baseball, but anyway, long way of saying Padres Dodgers disclaimer. If you didn't watch the first seven games, you got to watch the next 11 because <laughs> every single game is that's, a must-see. That's the best part. We got so many more of this. Yeah. Division rivals, when they're two great teams and they have these kinds of personalities, that's what you want. Um, before we get to the rest of the league, there, I want to make a plug. I'll make another one at the end of the show. Uh, we have a friend and avid listener, Michael Feldstein, who tunes into Dong City just about every week. He has <laughs> made a special request for the show, and that is that he bought his dad a Zoom session with CC Sabathia. Apparently, you can do things like that. Um, he wants us to kind of crowdsource here and ask if you could ask CC Sabathia any question. Uh, it has to be original, obviously, you know, <laughs> avoid the obvious questions. Anything you've ever wanted to ask CC Sabathia, what would you ask? And please put that in the comment section. Rob, if you can reiterate that in the comment section uh, for anyone listening to, if you can ask CC Sabathia anything, what would you ask? And guys, we ask that you just take it seriously because. Mike's actually going to take this stuff. No, and please and take it serious. It. No, no stupid jokes. You guys know what we mean. Um, I take it serious with CC Sabathia, so I'll be pissed off if they, you know, do stupid shit. But yeah, that's your guy. CC Sabathia is one of my favorite players ever. I was at his first Yankee home game. I was at his last Yankee appearance, right before he retired when he got hurt. I and Vince and Rob are on a mission to have CC Sabathia on Dong City. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting the juju in the universe. I don't know how the fuck we're going to make this happen, but I <laughs> want CC Sabathia on Dong City. Yeah. Feldstein, if you're listening, I need more details. We, we need to know if we can get him personally or if this is like a group thing that we that you paid for. If I got to kidnap the big man and I put him in the back of my car, just for a couple, I said, look, CC, I, we ain't going nowhere. I just got to get you on the podcast, brother. I got to get CC on the podcast, man. My man yeah. did a show with, with, with uh, MLB Network where he was doing it. And he was, you know, he was so casual. He's just such a different kind of dude, man. He's doing the game in jeans and Jordans. Like, yeah. Speaking of guys who have it, by the way, CC Sabathia, little twisted hat back in the day uh, with the Indian, I, you know, big lefty. 
big ass lefty. He had it all his career. Um, he CC yeah. CC is it man. He outside of like the obvious Derek Jeter man, CC Sabathia was my favorite Yankee to watch. I, he yeah, I, he's probably until Garrett Cole came along my favorite Yankee pitcher. Maybe Andy Pettit, but I, other than that, I mean, he's he's in the top three, probably top two, possibly number one. I think um, number one for me. Just real quick thinking, I think he's my favorite Yankee pitcher of all time. Yeah, personally, Yankee pitcher. He's way up there. That's a, a rare. I mean, I know he kind of had some broken down years, but the dude. Re, he's also really interesting. He reinvented himself. You know, he he relearned how to pitch. Had to pitch differently once he started losing the fastball. He battled alcoholism, which we know. I don't know if you've seen the. I'm sure you've seen the documentary. Successfully battled. Yeah, I mean that was unbelievable. And to his credit, he pulled himself out of that 2016 playoff game. We were all heartbroken. He was supposed to start it, and I think that's when he was probably at rock bottom. Yeah. Um. He he had weight problems throughout his career. Lost weight. Didn't like that. Gained weight. Didn't like that. I mean, the, the man really was a warrior in every sense of the word. Won a World Series in the biggest stage. Um, just a fantastic guy. All right. Like, he's very interesting. So there should be plenty of questions for anyone to ask. We will also repost this when we do the recap tomorrow morning um, so we can, you know, get some more answers. But wanted to throw that out there. Let's go around the league and let's go live first. That is that we don't have too much going on. Yankees and Orioles are underway. Orioles lead one nothing on a Cedric Mullins home run. Davey Garcia making his season debut in that game. Uh, other than that, he had a clean inning. Twins up 2 nothing on the Indians. Looks like he got a Brent Rooker home run. I have no idea who that is, but he homered for the Twins. Earlier today, Royals beating the Tigers 3-2. I get a quality start out of Spencer Turnbull. That's about all you have to know about that. By the way, while we're going around the league, though, let's have an update on my Kansas City Royals here. 14 and seven in first place still. 21 games in, Mike Matheny, manager of the year, is still going. They're getting it done with, 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 believe it or not, pitching. Yeah, it's a plus four run differential, so I'm still not that excited. <laughs> but they're winning close games. Dude, they've only allowed 90 runs. Yep. I mean, it's not so, a lot. You want to hear, I mean, it helps that they're in that division and that the, the White uh, yeah, have course. completely come out the gate, stumbling them all over themselves. Um, well, like I said, one of the reasons I chose Mike Matheny was because it was an, a central, like, I feel like it's probably completely anecdotal. I just feel like central managers win it all the time because their division so shitty. You can have a, you know, talentless team that is either a playoff contender or vying for it. And, uh, and, and you win manager of the year. So that's my thinking, but we'll see if it continues. I'm going to screw your head up real quick. White Sox. Real quick. There's two yeah. teams with the lowest number of runs allowed in the American League. Who are they? Yankees and Indians. Yep. Yeah, I, I I only know that because I know that they were both top five in all of MLB and ERA, if I'm not mistaken. When I saw the Yankees, you know, second best in runs allowed, I'm like, are you kidding me? With a negative eight run differential. Yeah, it, look, it's, it's not hitting. They're not the doing Yankees the one thing. That team is designed to do, which is hit. Specifically hit home runs, which, you know, we've talked ad nauseum is, is part of the problem, but this team really is just completely reliant on long ball. They're not afraid to admit it. Like they fully admit it too. 
AL Central Red Sox have cooled off a little five and five in their last 10. They're 14 and nine. We, again, I, I think we're both in agreement. That's not going to last. They had a very, very hot hitting start. Uh, they're pitching though, still overachieving and it's going to get worse. Yeah. Now the good news, if you're a Yankee fan, the Rays and Jays, not a hot start either. 11 and 11 Rays, 10 and 11 Jays, even though they've both beaten up on the Yankees. You can imagine how bad they've done against the rest of baseball. And then you got the Yankees and Orioles in a current series battling for last place. So <laughs> that's the AL East. Um, AL Century talked about the Royals. White Sox, I think, starting to pick it up. 7 of 10, 12 and 9 now. They got a plus 21 run differential, so the bats are coming. Um, keep Lucas Giolito away from things that twist. Jesus. Did you see what happened? No, but he I saw that last finger. start. He cut his finger on a cap that he thought was a twist cap, and it was a glass bottle top, and he sliced his finger. I did hear about this. Yeah. One of those many, many freak baseball injuries that happens like when John Smoltz ironed himself. Um, <laughs> so rest of the central look, the Indians to me are in trouble. I think, I think that Jose Ramirez trades coming sooner rather than later only because they got nothing else. I mean, they've got a lot of good young pitching coming up. They always have pitching, but that offense is three or four bats away. It's not one. It's not two. Um, it's a really uninspiring offense besides Jose Ramirez. Get it done and put him on the team that needs him the most. I've been saying it over and over. It makes too much sense. Trade him to the Braves. Yeah, which won't happen because it's the Braves. There's two teams that desperately need a third baseman, and it probably won't happen. The Braves and the Mets. You put him on either team, and he's perfect for them. Mets could be intriguing. I mean, that contract's not bad to, to fit anywhere, you um, know, financially. But um, – yeah, so we'll, we'll see on that. I don't know. Indians are kind of like the A's. They kind of have this one time of the year where they get very, very hot. So that could happen. They could do go on a 20 out of 22 run. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me at some point, I but Man- they don't Man- look the good. Comments. I see Manny in the comments, and, and this is for Manny. Who else is hot, Vince? The Oakland A's, man. Let's move to the West because they're – by the way, the Twins 7 and 13, that is awful. They are having the worst start of anyone, and no one's even paying attention to it. Um Oakland A's, Henry, to your credit, you said by the end of the weekend, I think it was the next day they moved into first. On Wednesday, they said, hold my beer. We're in first place. Nine out of 10 now. They previously won, I believe, 13 in a row. 13 in a row. Yeah. I mean, this is, again, like the A's and Indians off the top of my head out of any every single year, they seem to go on a run like this. The A's did it early, and they did it after really one of the worst starts I've ever seen for a team in my life. Here's the crazy um, part. 13 wins straight. Still have a negative two run differential. Yeah, and still six <laughs> games over 500 to give you an idea of how bad their start was. But they're in first, and that's a division that I don't see anyone running away with 100 wins. Um, so they basically, you know, you get another 10 games over 500, they may win that division. So it's, it's a wrap. The Angels are faded. I mean, yeah, Otani Mania, yeah, he hits home runs, he does it. Yeah, yeah. They're 500. Angels are the definition of the opposite of a sum of all parts. They are a sum of individuals. You have Mike Trout, exciting. You have Otani, exciting. I think guys like Jared Walsh and Albert Pujols and uh, and Justin Upton, you know, when they're healthy, they can be exciting. They draw fans, whatever. None of those guys together make a winning team. <laughs> and a lot of it's because they have no pitchers of any sort of interest. And, and Anthony Rendon's been hurt. Yo, and Rendon, yeah. I, that's right. That offense, if you separated them into silos, you've got six guys who can still hit it. And, the, you know, guys like Fletcher, those are nice glue guys, too. 
you have no pitching whatsoever and the offense just doesn't gel to that elite level you would need to compensate for the pitching and therefore the angels are just always in that awful purgatory of high 70s mid 80s wins which is the last place i ever want to be as a franchise i'm gonna make a run i still think that that offense is too good it's just way too many they remind me of the yankee bats right now there's just way too many bats on that team not hitting at the same time the angels will make a run but i don't know if it's going to be enough to catch Oakland. yeah uh and seattle Again, it's a wait-and-see team. I, I think their time is coming. I still don't think it's this year. They always seem to yet. have a hot April, and then they just hit a wall of biblical proportions every year where they lose, like, 90 out of 91, it feels like. I'm waiting for them to do the thing the White Sox did a couple of years ago when they were like, yo, fuck that. Call all the kids up. Let them yeah. get experience under their belt, and then we'll go to war the next year with these dudes. That's what they should do. I think by the time May, June, you know, June comes rolling around, they'll be in a position where it makes sense to do it. The last thing you want to do if you're a Mariners fan is chase a wild card spot. It's just fodder to get destroyed in the playoffs and it stunts maturity and development. Um, and that's a team that needs to develop because they've got a really good farm system. And I don't know. I mean, I've been watching a little bit of the Mariners. They're, those guys are starting to come up and you can see where the town, I mean, guys like Ty France, uh, they are really starting to look like they're major league regulars. And that's just scratching the surface of that farm system. Yeah. Once they get all the service time manipulation down to a science, exactly. you know, they get everybody where they need to be so they can gain that extra year of control. You know what? Bring these kids up and let them play. Let them. It's usually like late May, I think is when the super two passes. So yeah. you'll see. And by yeah, then they give them, give them some wiggle room. We'll say second week in June, you know? Yeah. Sometime in June. I feel like Trey Turner was like, I think because he had gotten a call up, he was like late June. But yeah, I mean, by the time before, well before the all-star break, these guys will start to come up. We'll see what they're made of, you know, to start. Um, Astros, to me, it's their last year of a window. Um, and I think you're seeing that. I, they're going to get hot again. I mean, they're not, I don't think they'll, they could be a sub 500. They were sub 500 last year, but that team can turn it on. So we'll see. Um, but I don't think they have the pitching. The Angels have one job this weekend. They yeah. have one job. I'm rooting for every team that they the shit out of the Astros and they can't get it done. No, no. Astros still, I mean, they'll. Two Angels. Like That's your fault, Vince. You adopted them as your second team. <laughs> well, now I dropped them. I went back to the Reds. They're you the Astros. Angels uh, have one job. Start the shovel, man. Just start the shovel. Yeah, well, to be fair, Mike Trout and his 571 on base percentage missed the whole weekend. So that might have made a difference. And then Texas, again, completely meaningless. Thank you for sweeping the raise. That was nice. But other than that, they're useless. Um, guy, yeah, I got a, a good hot or not, by the way, that I'm looking at right now in this Yankee game. Uh, we, uh, we go to the <laughs> NL. <laughs> the... Uh, the Mets nine and eight. I mean, look, they're they're playing five hundred. They started, I think, seven and four, so they've been on a little bit of a run, a losing run here. But you know, the rest of that division is also struggling. NL NL is supposed to be one of the best, if not the best, divisions in baseball. That whole division looks like shit right now. You have one team. Actually, yeah, the Mets are the only team, and that's because they played less games. Are the only team above five hundred. Yeah. Yep. I, I think the Braves will turn it around. Um, Marlins won't. Phillies are probably what they are. They're 10 and 11 right now. I don't think that'll change too much as far as the games go on. Nationals could be, a, we talked about this in the preseason. Nationals could compete for a playoff spot or they can be a complete disaster. 
Sorry, my uh, touched my little speaker there. It's okay. Uh, I don't think they're competing for a playoff spot. I said that in the beginning of the year. They're just this was it. They look terrible and old, and they don't have enough bats, and they never have a good bullpen. Their starters, I don't think, are going to be the you know like even Corbin them. at thirty one is starting to break down. I don't know if Strasburg and Scherzer is going to last a full season anymore. It's a mess. By the way, a couple years ago, a lot of Yankee fans lost their shit because Brian Cashman didn't go the extra year on Patrick Corbin. I was one of the few Yankee fans that say I was with him on that one, and already in year what two. Yeah. Three? Uh, three. Yeah. Counting last year. That's going to be. By the way, last year he was terrible too. Short sample size, but he was awful. Brian Cashman dodged the bullet there, I think. Here's my one counter to that. Besides the fact they won the World Series in his first season, that helps. But uh, I think it. Yeah, in spite I, of him, he sucked so much they stuck his ass in the bullpen. If you yeah, remember. well, I think that was part of the problem. He threw a lot of regular season innings, which they expected, and then they kind of used him in that weird bullpen playoff mode, which seems to have destroyed every arm for anyone who tries it. Uh, we've seen it with three different teams now. Um, look, you win a title, great, but this is what you face. I don't know if they're. I don't. I don't have proof that that's the case, but. They did it to those pitchers. They haven't been the same since. So, uh, I know you spoke about the Mets real quick, but they're playing ugly baseball. Yeah, well, um, they've got a really bad defense. At, me at me bad being defense. here in New York, you know, I, there's a lot of stuff on TV. I, I tune in. The Mets are bad defensively. Uh, it's only a matter of time. You know, these fans in New York, they give you a, a long lease. They're going to start turning on Frankie if he doesn't start hitting. It's got to be a little concerning. Because Frankie's he wasn't defense, good last year either. Defense is his defense. Frankie is one of the best defensive shortstops you're going to see in the game. Yeah. He ain't hitting. He's hitting into double plays. He's striking out a lot. Frankie is not doing what he needs to do. James you, Davis cannot play third base. No. I, I, they're, they've got a similar issue to the Yankees in that they've got guys who can hit who can't play in the field, and they've yeah. got guys who can play in the field who can't hit. So it's uh, it's not a great combination. Lindor cannot be a glorified defensive specialist making $300 million long-term. That is something that is a complete nightmare scenario if you're the Mets. He's got time to turn it around. Sometimes it even takes like more than a year. You know, it's first year. And I'm willing to give anyone a, an exception year one of a new team in a new league. Too. He also didn't have a great year last year. And again, right, he is year one in the NL. I'll give him, I'll, yeah, I'm willing to give him a pass, but uh, you certainly, it's not a good trend. I would, there'd be a little hair on the back of my head if I'm a Mets fan that's starting to stick up a little bit, even though it's only 17 games in for them, where I'm just like, don't let this be the case, especially as a Mets fan, because you've seen it a million times. His OPS is five ninety nine, and his slugging two seventy four. It's not good. That's not what you're paying now, him for. I now. know that this guy is a superstar, and I don't expect this kind of production out of him, but it is alarming. It's alarming. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, I wouldn't push the panic button yet. I don't think it's an indictment of the rest of his career with the Mets, but given the Mets history, given Lindor's last season – you have at least a reason, a foundation for being nervous. I'm a Frankie fan, so you know you guys know I'm rooting for Frankie, but this this is a, about as brutal start as they can get. Yeah, just not as brutal. Be as the team money. <laughs> yeah, Braves have the opposite problem. They're not paying anyone anything that's market value, and they still suck. So, like I said, those pitchers are not going to give you what they gave you last year. Bryce Wilson, you're seeing, he's turning into a pumpkin. Ian Anderson, a good start, but he can't put in the innings. Yeah, well, they don't let him pitch. Yeah, so they're doing the Tampa Bay race to him. 
Classic Atlanta. They sold their soul to be embarrassed in the NLCS in a choke job. That's what the Braves do. I kept saying J-Ram is the perfect landing spot. I mean, the Braves are the perfect landing spot for J-Ram. I think the Mets should just say, fuck you, and go get Jose Ramirez and put him at their base. Figure something out with, with J.D. Davis. Put him in a trade. Send him to an AL team. Send him to Colorado. He'll become Nolan Arenado. I don't know. You know, just do something. I think you got to hope McNeil and Conforto turn it around. Those, those are two core players who aren't performing. So you can have all the Brandon Nemo 400 on base percentage you want. If those guys aren't performing, Brandon Nemo is not saving your team. So Look, there was a catch made in yesterday's game in center field that changed the complexity of that game, and it wasn't Brandon Nemo in center field. Yeah, Nemo. Sorry. They have too many guys with Nim in their name. It was uh, Albert Amaro Jr. who made a hell of a catch. More, the most impressive thing to me was the route he took to that ball. But he made a hell of a catch, a hell of a catch. saved two runs, changed the complexity of that whole game on that one play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at least you're getting defense from somewhere. Uh, Corey, don't try taking Beltron back to the Mets. We're reserving him for when Aaron Boone inevitably blows the season, whether it's right. in embarrassing fashion or choking fashion. We're just going to wait and see. Um, NL Central, not much to write home about. Everyone's doing about what we expected. Our Brewers are in first place over there. My Reds have now fallen to last place. They have lost eight out of 10. So that hot start is bye bye, completely Where's gone. Larry? Where's Larry? Where's Larry? Yeah, Larry, you're a first place Reds. Not really looking as good as our first place Brewers pick right now. You're very, very confident. Last week at this time, the Reds have fallen off a cliff. They've fallen off of two cliffs. It's like they fell off the first one, landed on the second one, and then fell off that. That's how bad they've been. So not good. Cardinals are the most boring 11 and 10 in very, very suitable fashion. Pirates, 500. That's not going to last. They always seem to have good Aprils. Uh, Cubs, by the way, another team. Yeah, 10 and 11. They're, they were in first place and last place. Now they're in first place again, then fourth place. That's where they are now. They'll probably stay there. Um, and then you get to the very exciting NL West, which... You skipped over a team. That, who? The Cardinals? Yeah, I said they're the most boring 11 and 10 possible in true Cardinals fashion. I was waiting for the Cardinals. I was waiting and waiting. Why was <laughs> I waiting for the Cardinals, Vince? Uh, well, let's see. So the Cardinals 11 and 10, what could have made their team better this winter, Henry? What was I waiting for the Cardinals for? Big no signing Nolan Arenado is going to turn that offense around and make them exciting, right? I'm petty. So, yeah. Nolan Arenado currently hitting 253 with 303 on base percentage, which is disgusting. Slugging 440. He's only slugging 446. Who would have seen that shit coming? Anybody? Any? Oh, wait, me. I've been telling you fucking people for years. This dude is overrated as fuck. He's overrated, and I'm glad. I'm already taking my victory lap in April. Fuck everything else. I don't care about sample size. This fucking guy sucks. I told you he sucks. I told you he was overrated. You guys are putting him in the Hall of Fame. I got Joey texting me yesterday. Who would have Trevor Story? We ain't talking about Trevor Story. Fuck Nolan Arenado. Bitch ass. <laughs> there you go Brian if that answers your question I don't know what his batting average is but I do know Henry hates his guts so there, there you go you got that at least it's not play for Team Puerto Rico bitch <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just going through the comments <laughs> um, Felipe called the uh, 
the Reds, the Wiley Coyote of uh, of baseball. It's absolutely one hundred. I like that power. Uh, yeah, that good cracks one. me up. Um. So yeah, I did. Yeah, Nolan Arenado, not not. He's not making his 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 fans look I good. That's not one of my favorite stats. OPS plus. Yeah. One ten. His career is one twenty one. Bum. Now I'm calling him a bum. Speaking of bums, if you think uh, Davey Garcia is the savior here, not that we need it because the pitching's good. Down 2 nothing, runner on second still against this Orioles lineup. The Yankees probably won't score till the seventh inning because they're back to normal. So not looking good there as a natural update. Um, and speaking of which, well, one more update. The Rockies, while we're on the NL Central, or I'm sorry, NL West, uh, we talked about the Dodgers, we talked about the Padres, the Giants 14-8. and eight. That's a sneaky little team, but in that division – I don't see it last. I don't think they're going to be, they could be a 500 team. They could be above 500. I don't think they're still a wild card team. I see them in like that 84 win tops. Like deja vu, man. <laughs> like we did uh, last year with them and, and to their credit, they were there all year. We were saying, you know what, make some trades before the trade deadline. They won't last and they were there all year. Yep. Whatever they're doing, I mean, it's keeping them afloat. It's working. They're one game out of first place. At some point, we got to take it serious, right? No, I don't. (laughs) They're uh, they're just they're gonna be one of those six through nine seeds that's not gonna make the playoffs to me. And I I thought they would have sucked a lot more. Um, Yeah, no, I'm with you. (laughs) They, to their credit, they're playing better than I thought they would. But that that doesn't excite me because they're still not exciting to me. Like that's not a team that's gonna make the playoffs, and therefore I don't really care. Dude, they're, they're one game behind the best team in baseball. Yeah, one it's game. a great 22-game start. Absolutely. We'll, we'll see if it lasts, but uh, it's been great so far. The Diamondbacks, great offense. Absolutely no pitching whatsoever, mm-hmm. although I will say Tyler Widener, former Yankee, uh, off to a nice start this year. That's my franchise guy, so I'm hoping he keeps it up. He's been a nice bright spot in an otherwise terrible rotation, minus the Bumgarner start. He's been terrible too, though. Just trade All everybody. Guys. Trade Herman Marquez. Trade anybody with value. You should have traded John Gray years ago. Yeah, so the Rockies are not off to a hot start. They're not good. They're probably going to finish with the worst record in the league. And their GM stepped down today after destroying the franchise, uh, sending their only two franchise players maybe ever off in anger and now have zero assets, major or minor leagues, that you can really build around. Herman, I mean, Marquez will get you something. Obviously, Trevor Story will get you something. But now Trevor Story is a rental. And Marquez's best years... I'm not going to say he's in a decline by any means, but he you're not trading him at his top value. So it's a disaster. I, I, GM, I can't believe that GM stepped down and wasn't tarred and feathered out of Colorado. The fact that he stepped down and not fired, it's a slap in the face to those fans in that organization. Yeah, someone's not getting it. Completely destroyed that franchise. They extended the wrong guys. Then they traded the guy they extended. They gave Charlie Blackman money when everybody knew Charlie Blackman wasn't worth that money. They let DJ LeMahieu go of all people. That, that franchise is just for the pits, man. Yeah, really bad. Um, so speaking of, in honor of the Rockies, let's get to a who's hot, who's not here. Uh, obviously, the Rockies franchise is a who's not. But as far as who's hot, we've got really some amazing pitching stats in this past week. We talked about the DeGrom start earlier, uh, maybe his best career start ever. <laughs> and and his best start to a season ever. I saw a stat. I think he has more RBIs than earned runs given up. Eat your heart out, Otani. 
<laughs> that uh, that's amazing. I mean, he's given up one earned run this year, I think. Like he so, got tired of, of the whole, you know, Mets can't score when he pitches, so he decides to take Madison. Yeah, he's doing himself. Yeah, so we told you last week, if you haven't started watching DeGrom start to do it, and then he had his best start ever. So just, again, we reiterate, watch it. Now, Garrett Cole, the New York AL version of DeGrom, also off to his best start ever. He had the infamous uh, matchup against Shane Bieber earliest of the week, and it lived up to the billing, Henry. A 2-1 Yankees win. Garrett Cole in that start, I believe, Seven innings, one run, 13 strikeouts. Is that Seven right? Innings, one run, 11 strikeouts, 11 strikeouts, no walks. That's the second consecutive start. He had no walks. He has three walks all season. Yep. He becomes the first Yankee ever in any five-game stretch to have 50 strikeouts and less than five walks. Not to begin the season in any stretch ever for a Yankee pitcher. Now, Yankees have a underratedly average pitching history. <laughs> but that's amazing. So real quick, because I want to bounce these two guys off one another. Say that stat again. Five starts. Garrett Cole is the first Yankee ever in any five-game stretch in the history of the Yankees franchise to have fifty, at least 50 strikeouts and less than five walks. Want to hear something crazy? Yes. Jacob DeGrom did it in four games. <laughs> that's that, so yeah, fucking I mean, nasty. His start is Jacob DeGrom has 50 strikeouts, exactly 50 strikeouts, and same amount of walks as Garrett Cole three. These two guys are on another planet. I know Shane Bieber's getting all the the highlights in the AL. Mm-hmm. It, it's Jacob Degrom, right here. It's Garrett Cole, and then there's everyone else right now. Yeah, I agree. And Cole's facing tougher teams, um, which we should always point yeah. out. And he's now beaten Bieber twice head to head. So that was, but like you said, man, that pitching matchup lived up to billing, and it's very very rare that we get that. This, mm-hmm. We get it all the time. These guys, the first game of the season, you had Castillo against Flaherty, and they both got bombed. Yeah, like, I, I love great pitching matchups. I was pumping this one all week in the group. Saturday night came, and, and this was everything. And then some both guys pitched 115-plus um, pitches. Mm-hmm. It went back-to-back. It was a two-to-one game. It, it was everything you wanted. It was, it was October baseball in April is what this game was. Bieber, seven innings, four hits, two runs, three walks, nine strikeouts, through 119 pitches uh, in the loss. And the loss, of course, came on the heel on the backs of two Yankee solo home runs. They have scored all of their runs since their little two-game outburst via home run. So let's uh, keep an eye on that. Other who's hot, Michael Kopich made his first start, or actually I think it was his second start <laughs> for the White Sox. Yeah, uh, five innings, 10 strikeouts. The man is a strikeout machine. He gets a win weird fantasy player he's sort of like a bulk starter but not like he's a guy who's going to throw four or five innings maybe not six um but i the talent's undeniable i mean it's i'm not going to say he's arrived as an ace but he has arrived as a pitcher this year and if he stays healthy that's another guy you're going to want to pay attention here's the thing i know that they're bringing him along real real slow and i think that's the right thing to do um i I don't know if there's a rotation spot for him just yet I, i don't know if he pitches in that rotation yet yeah, I don't mind that he's starting the way he is. Like, I don't, I don't, I like that. Uh, I like that they're going with him kind of in different roles, multiple innings. They're not messing with his, it's not like the Jabba rules. Like, they're not messing with his routine. They're just utilizing him in different parts of the game uh, on the normal rest. So eventually he will, I think, become a starter, but they really have to monitor those innings coming off major injury in a weird season 
Yeah, yeah, um, five, five innings. Starters, like you said. Ten Ks in just five innings. Yeah, he's Tuffy's there. Yeah, We've always known this stuff. Batters every inning, so. Well, when the when the Red Sox traded him, I was happy because this kid from Jump, you knew was going to be something special and had the stuff to do it. Yeah, a rare win-win situation in that trade, I think. We can probably label it at the end of the day. Uh, Danny Duffy, last guy I wanted to highlight, a 0.39 ERA to start the year. I, You know, small sample size, but that's amazing for Danny Duffy and the Royals. And he's, and he's not doing what overpowering stuff. He's doing it with contact. He's just letting the balls get put into play. I mean, yeah. eventually these MLB hitters are going to start barreling those balls up, and then it's not going to last long, but four starts in, five starts in, he's – He's killing it right now. Good old Kansas City baseball. Um, yeah. yeah. Can't wait for that shit to come crashing down. <laughs> Anton and Peralta, two other guys, kind of like Kopich. They're, like, they're all vying for the Devin Williams uh, 2021 award. So guys who are not hot, we mentioned Michael Conforto, not a good start to the year. He's got he's known for the elbow, and that's been it this season. Uh, that's a guy it's who literally to his biggest hit of the season is the elbow. Yep. Uh on the other side of New York, Gary Sanchez, by the way, uh, this is, I mean, I am, here's a guy who every single season he either lost weight or he put on muscle or he worked with this specialist or he worked with that specialist or he had a son who was born. So he's going to play inspired baseball or he changed his swing or he changed his approach or he's seeing a ball better. doesn't matter. I, I was done with him last year. I'm done with him this year. He's now under 200, Henry. Batting average started. He had like a good first two games of the year. And again, Yankee fans, they eat it up. Like it's like a like a nut in the winter. Um, they eat it up. Like he's going to all of a sudden be the MVP caliber player we saw. And here he is again, under 200, striking out probably like 30, 40% of the time. I'm just so, so done with him. I agree. And I, I'm assuming that nut is not in November. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, Rob. What, I think it was June. I said Gary Sanchez would not be starting. I think I said June. You did. It was, it was June. June. Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. I said June. Have to be numbered. And Higgy is 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 giving you more production offensively than Gary. With Gary, you know the catching is eh. He's got a strong arm. Calls decent games. His pitch framing went from really good to just sucking. Um, if you're not getting power from Gary, he's useless. Yeah. Right now, Kyle Higashioa is hitting hitting better than him, so why not start to better catch him? Higgy already catches Cole. I want him to also catch Montgomery, and I want him to also catch one other guy. I don't care who. So, uh, if you're going to play, yeah, Sanchez at, should be the minor part of a platoon at this point. He should only be playing twice a week max in my mind. So he is not no not November Gary. He is no nut. Baseball season gap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Ian Happ on the Cubs, my God. And this is a guy I'm highlighting for fantasy purposes. What? This is a guy I actually like on the Cubs. I thought he's, you know, a good 25, 30 home run guy. He's not going to give you a huge batting average, but I thought he'd be somewhat competent. He is not competent. He's batting 152 to start the year, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. I told you guys, the center field experiment was fucking waste of time Cubs fans will you know he's so good no he's not he's not good and you're seeing what oh shit his OPS plus is 55 51 yeah he's, he's not good. bad uh so yeah those that was my list I don't know if you have anyone else you want to add to it before we move on here uh no I I, I think we had everyone uh, we were in agreement with everyone there um did I say Nolan Arenado's not hot 
You, uh, I think you hinted at it. Yeah, I think I think we heard that at some point. Um, good. So next section, and then we'll give you one more update, and then we're going to go on to a special segment we'll introduce. Uh, a little rumor mill action that we heard kind of over the last couple of days, and it actually is one of those rumors where I was like, oh, <laughs> there could be some merit to that. That was that it was rumored that the Angels contacted Aaron Judge, not the other way around, which is always interesting to me. Um, the Angels contacted the Yankees, sorry, about Aaron Judge this past winter. I was and, like, that would be tampering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is cut out the middle, man. They're going to write to Judge himself. Uh, Aaron Judge, for those of you who don't know, is currently healthy, which is a good sign. He's not doing great. I think he's in like the 250s batting average wise, has a few home runs, but, uh, you know, he's not at his best, but he is healthy right now playing right field. The Angels contacted the Yankees about it. I can see it from the Angels standpoint for a few reasons. One is Aaron Judge will capture fans. They love getting players like that, like we mentioned earlier. Two is that he plays right field. They're going to lose Fowler this offseason. Um, Trout can still play center. They have Upton and left. It gives you time with either Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh. And I say either because for this trade to make sense for the Yankees, they have to grab one of those guys. Um, and Judge gives you 2022 for the Angels. And then they could either extend him or do whatever they want with him. Yeah. So I see merit on it from both sides of your Angels fan or a Yankees fan. Judge certainly adds power to that lineup. Um, for the Yankees to make it work, yeah, they got to, in my mind, that's got to be a centerpiece. Marshall or Dell, you get a young, cost-controlled outfielder, a little more reliable as a prospect than Florial, a little older than Dominguez. Um, you free up Judge before you have to pay him, and you could always you know, even trade Aaron Hicks if you wanted to, but for the Yankees, it'd be a little bit of a reset, which would be nice. It balances your lineup inherently a little bit because it's not that Judge isn't a complete hitter, but him with Stanton, you're still striking out a lot. In my mind, you get if you were to trade Judge, if you were to trade Voight, if you were to let Gary Sanchez go, you're losing a lot of power. You can replace some of it this winter by landing one of the fish we've talked about in Rizzo, Freeman, or Seager, whoever you can get your hands on. Um, and then, of course, you can start a guy like Higgy, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe you pick up one of those veterans who makes contact. All of a sudden, you've got a much more balanced lineup. That's the way I would go from the if I'm the Yankee. You throw out the name in the group early, and I would have targeted Marsh. Um, not only is he younger and has upside and he's affordable, he's left-handed. Yeah, another good point. I, I think Marsh and Young, Hector Young and maybe somebody else would kind of get that kind of deal done. Also, I think, call me crazy, I think Giancarlo Stanton's biggest problem from reaching the stuff he can reach is Aaron Judge, the fact that he's not playing the field. I think Giancarlo Stanton has not adopted the DH role solely He's that, he's that guy that needs to play the field. And I guarantee you, if the Yankees put him in the outfield, you'll get more production out of him. There's just guys that need to play both sides of the ball. Some guys are okay with doing nothing but hitting. Some guys are not. And I think Stanton is the, one of those guys. I think if the Yankees were to trade him, he'll go off and be the Stanton that we know. I think if you put him in the outfield, you see an uptick in his offensive production. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, now, obviously, that leaves Clint Frazier, but in my mind – you can move, you know, Frazier's in left, so it's, it's not a direct thing, but we don't know what Frazier is either. He's off to a terrible start, too. I know so. that right field has come a diamond dozen, man. Like Aaron Judge is a big name and a big star, and like you said. They love names and stars in L.A. You know, you put them with Otani, you put them with Trout. Trout and, and Judge in the same lineup is, is absolutely disgusting. Aaron don't, yeah, it's nasty, and it, it works. And you know what? 
the Yankees are going to have a, a problem when it comes to re-up Aaron Judge because you have to realistically tell yourself, what is this dude worth? Yeah. They still haven't seen a full season of Aaron Judge production, and that's what's frustrating. You get glimpses of this power, uh, his, his patience being increased, his batting average going up. He's spraying the ball all over the place. He's hitting opposite field home runs. He can do it when he's healthy, but he's not healthy enough. And at some point, that deal is coming up, and you got to you got to make some sense out of it. You you can't sign them long term. That's just yeah. I guarantee you that you sign them long term, that's dead in the water. That's just throwing money away. That's another factor for me. Angels, you know, Brian pointed out, Angels need pitching. We all know they need pitching for sure. But Judge can be a guy in still a big market, and the, you know, Angels and Dodgers are always going to have that little dance that they do. Um, Judge can still be a guy in a big market. He can get some tickets sold for the Angels. They may be able to increase their payroll. It's a, the Angels can pay him, especially with Justin Upton's contract coming up, central replacement to Upton's contract. You have three, a big three in their prime in that lineup. It may free up money for them to go pursue pitching. If Not only that, you, you put him in the same lineup with a very good, very patient Mike Trout, and maybe Judge learns a thing or two. Yeah, or reverts back to a thing or two. Well, yeah, maybe he gets away from Marcus Timms, and that's enough. So, uh, anyway, we uh, real quick score update, and then we're going to introduce Melvin here with new segment. Orioles now up 2-0 over the Yankees. Uh, that run scored a Freddie Galvis double, and then I think he came out of the game with an injury. Freddie Twins and Indians now. What's that? Freddie Galvis is dude's place forever. He's just... Yeah, he's one of those guys. Indians came back to tie it. Another big hit for Andy Reyes. RBI single ties the game at two. Braves have scored runs. Uh, they've done it against the Cubs, of course, but they've scored runs. They're up 4 nothing. That was just a series of hits by guy uh, Guillermo Heredia off to a nice start for the Braves. Cubs down 4 nothing. to have no Rays have scored first on the A's in the Rays-A's matchup. You just call it Rays if you're a celebrity name. one nothing. No score in the other games yet. Royals, as we mentioned, beat the Tigers earlier in the day. So let's get to... Real quick, you mentioned the name real quick, and it's just something stuck out. You said friend real Reyes, right? Yep. Dude is probably bigger than me. I'm, I'm positive he's slower than me. I know I can beat him in the foot race. Hasn't had a triple, I think, his whole career. Had two against the Yankees this weekend. Yep. <laughs> I figured that should out. Welcome to fielding range. Yep. Um, yeah, so there, there's your update. We'll get back to that before the end of the show. Uh, Melvin, welcome back. I think you oh. now have the record for most appearances on this show beating Randy uh, for a non-host. I think so. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back, guys. Um, I, I really appreciate, you know, everything you guys are talking about, you know, 100%. And, and, and let me tell you, uh, we're going to have some fun trying to, trying to, trying to talk some, some, some relaxing stuff here, guys. Well, you know, Melvin, you, you have your own little fan base. I have my cousin who, who loves Dong City. He lives in North Carolina. He sends me a text message this week. He's like, hey, that Melvin guy, you, you and Vince are good, but that Melvin guy is really fun. I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> so you, you got your own little fan base going on. <laughs> hey, you know, we'll, we'll come up with a We'll come up with a nice hashtag. I'm told that, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you know. Yeah, but hey, not a lot of my Puerto roots are in Dong City, you know. <laughs> Uh, so, like I said, welcome back. You're going to introduce a show. We, we are a segment, I want to say, that we want to kind of go forward with here, especially now. I'll preface it by saying I have MLB The Show 2021 on PlayStation 5. Uh, it is my first MLB video game since 2010 on PlayStation 2. So I suck, but I have it. 
and I'm in the 21st century now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, Lucky. what you want to talk about is something I've also noticed, and that is MLB The Show ratings. So let's get into it here. Give us your little elevator pitch. Give us your little introduction to what you want to talk about here. Well, you see, it's just the, these ratings sometimes, you know, they show you what they put into they put into action the comment section on some of these groups because these ratings you know i guess some people are smoking or or something when they come up with these ratings they put them in a computer oh no oh yeah i've heard of him check okay first two ratings i'm gonna give you right let's go like Real quick, the first five players, right? Think about the top five players in baseball, right? And don't give me this whole, oh, it's because of this one aspect. No. And in the show, in the show, what get what what gives you a rating is it's offense. That's it. You know, Andrewson Simmons was a great defender. He never got a rating above 80 or something. Okay. I mean, how many shirts you move and can you hit? That's that's as good as the off as 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 your ratings are, right? So check out the list. Here are the top five rated players, okay? I had no problem with the first two, right? Don't only two 99s, two, two ratings of 99. Can you guess who they are? Okay, a pitcher and a, and a, and a position player. Trout and DeGrom. Trout and DeGrom, exactly. So I have no, no problem with, no. That, with that top two right there, okay? Those are the only two number 99 ratings. Then here come 98 rating, right? 98 rating, Mookie Betts. I can live with that. Okay. I can live with that. Mookie, 98 rating, right? Okay, I can live with that. Where here is where it goes sideways for yours truly, old friend, because right now, who do you think would be next, right? 98. Another rating of 98. Give me a name, top of your head. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Uh, well, no, Juan Soto is rated at a 95. Think about another person that is on Soto's league. Tatis. Fernando Tatis is a 94 wow. right now. So the face of baseball is a 94. This person is higher, right? <laughs> Mr. 98. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> same person as Mookie Best is Nolan Arenado. Fuck out of Nolan Arenado is a 98. That is contemporary proof. Are you saying it's a fuck with me? Or are you? <laughs> I am absolutely certain. No, Number he's four right. he's right. is oh, Nolan yeah. Arenado. I'm not buying that game. Fuck that. <laughs> Nolan, so that is absolutely, absolute proof with a number right wow. there that Nolan Arenado is overrated. That is empirical proof Anybody right there, right in your face. That Nolan Arenado, there is a number there, and that number is too high. That means he's overrated. So now uh, take that. People in Colorado who called me all sorts of names from Puerto Rico Joe to whatever else y'all called me because I called y'all out in 2016. I got a vendetta, and you know what? But I love the logo for the All Star Game. So I do um, love the logo for you. The wanna do, just just for giggles right here since I'm a, I'm guess some Dong City and I guess charity starts at home. You want to hear some ratings for the Yankees? I'll tell you. Oh, I bought you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and hear some rating for the Yankees. Highest rated on the New York Yankees. Take a guess, Yankee fans. Top of your head. Highest rated player. You think it's Cole? Okay. Yeah. I was going with hitters, but yeah. Uh, no, uh, it is not Garrett Cole. It is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is rated at a 97. Wow. Okay. I... And 
Okay. I guess they try to put a number bet between the difference between the gram and coal. So the gram is a 99. That means coal is a 97. Well, we know it's below 97, but he should be a 98. I'm going to guess 96. 94. That, there's no gave him a 94. Did Gary dominant at what he does than Aaron judges at what he does? So I, just I agree. And and one plays. Right. Then again, yeah, it goes to how many shots you move. MVP season, you know, MVP for pitcher caliber season last year. All right. So the only one I would take higher than Garrett Cole would be Bieber, and that's only because he won the, the Cy Young. In the AL, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, in my mind, if DeGrom's a 99, which he absolutely should be, uh, Bieber should be like a 97 and Cole should be like a 96. Bieber's at a 95 at the okay. game. So the, yeah, they're both a little low. And then someone like Aaron Judge should be like a 92 or like a 91. Yeah, I'm, yeah, okay, 92, I'm okay speaking with of, Speaking of 92, you know who's a 92, Jose Ramirez. Ain't that some BS right there? That man ain't getting no love. Like a 94 man. or 95. <laughs> Wait, real quick. Is he rated higher than uh, – God damn, I lost his name. Uh, LeMahieu? Based in Chicago. Uh, Which Chicago? The White Sox. Uh, oh, you, mean, you mean Chris Bryant? No. First, first base. Oh, you mean uh, – Abreu. Abreu. Jose Abreu is rated at an 88. At least that's your got, MVP right there. That's the real MVP. Say, at least they got that's the real MVP right there. They got <laughs> it right because J Ram was better than Jose Abreu. Uh, well, that's empirical proof right there, brother. I mean, I, I would. I mean, I gave him the MVP, and I, I got proof on that on Baseball Cosmos. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm curious. What, what about by, uh, Javier Baez? Javier Baez. What what yeah. his uh, overall is? 80, yeah, Javier Baez. Take a guess. If if 82. If, I'm thinking like an 80 something. Yeah, 85 at least. He's the like second that. rated in the Cubs at an 87. Well, it was close. So what's way above, point? way above Chris Bryant, who's an 84. Look, I'm tired of defending Chris Bryant. So you just hit a grand slam, by the way. So that game's tied. I mean, up. over way over 900 OPS, which is what I called in the beginning of the year. He was going to have an MVP season, and we're going to hold on too, 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 too much to him because they're not going to pull the trigger and trade in him. So yeah. we're going to hold on too long. We're going to end up with 83 wins yeah, and, no, not, no. and get him and let him walk for nothing. That's and then go ahead and extend bias because that's what we do best. Waste money. So well, the best part of this, Melvin, is Brian's going to have a fantastic start to the year and you're still not going to trade him, even though he would recoup almost all of the value. Had you all of it. He's playing at an MVP caliber level yeah. right now. Like you're still going to hold on to him. You gotta trade him. To I get back gotta, to I gotta trade him. And if I could, if the right offer came today, August twenty, uh, April twenty sixth, I will pull the trigger today. I don't care about the deadline. If you offer me the right packet right now, with an over a thousand OPS that he got, take it right now. You know. I know a couple teams that I've been saying need third baseman. Atlanta, Philadelphia, because Alec Bohm ain't doing it. The Mets. The Mets. No, I, I, I think Philly would have egg on their face if they get a third baseman now. Yeah. They got to let Bone play it out. They have to. I mean, sometimes you got to cut your loss, right? I mean. Plus, they got to plus they gotta pay a shortstop coming up. They got Didi. They got, they got, they got him locked in. No, one year. I mean. Is I mean. A year again? I, that's what I was about to ask because, yeah, they did give him a year again. 
And I was a, because he's going to keep doing year after year after year. It's going to get old. So eventually, you're just going to have to extend the dude. Two like, years, 28. Yeah, two years, 28. It's pretty good value. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Two year, yeah. Uh, that's very good uh, value. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, you know, whomever, like with these, uh, with these, with these ratings, there's just, they, that this is just what happens when you don't put stats into context. You yeah. see, they just, you know, and this is, I'm not talking about, oh, let's start looking at batting average at the tell all be all get off my lawn kind of, you know, kind of thing. I'm talking about, you know, stats have to be looked into context, you know. You know, it's hard because baseball video games, you know, it's kind of that thing where I say, you know, marketing matters. And it's that thing I'm always saying about Mike Trout. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball, but is he the most marketable? So you got to have guys like Mookie Betts and, and Juan Soto's to, to drive those numbers up. And these guys, even Aaron Judge, he may not be at the top of his game right now deserving of that rating, but he's a big guy. He's a Yankee. He's well-known. He's Aaron fucking Judge. Yeah, so that's, that's those are the, you know, Jimmy Kimmel don't have no bum at his, at his, at his show. So that's, you know, if you ask people who the face the face of the Yankees is right now, it's 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 one of these big dudes that looks great on pinstripes. You know, yeah. one of those you know Goliath looking dudes. So, is there anyone? Are there any other uh, glaring examples for you? Well, let's see. Um, there's there's some some players like Miguel Cabrera, for example. You know, back in if if we are going to do the overall rating per dollar, this would be the most highest paid rating there is. Mm -hmm. Miguel Cabrera is getting paid right now about 30 million, right? Like I'm talking about Frankie Lindor money. He's getting a lot of money for the next three years. He's got an overall rating of 75, which puts him right in between Matthew Boyd and Willie Castro, like in his own team. So <laughs> like that is that just poops, that just puts how screwed up the Tigers are strapped for money and the perspective right there. We need Real to quick. set for uh, MLB the show ratings by dollars. <laughs> Melvin, just just to have a playful New York debate, what's the rating for Luke Voigt versus Pete Alonso? Luke Voigt. Oh. Are, they, are they close or are they? All right, let's see. Uh, we got, let's start with Alonso first. Alonso is an 85. Okay, Alonso is an 85, right tied with Carlos Carrasco and Seth Lugo. Look at these ratings, right? And Mr. Luke Boyd is an 86. So there you go, right there. You go. This one tough. goes for the Bronx yet again. So nice. Game over. Yep. That's hey, it. you're gonna get accused of being a, a pro Yankee channel. Okay, we call they call this a Cubs channel the other day yeah, the on MLB thing. Fox. That's the one. You know how biased about the Yankees we are. We just absolutely, <laughs> you know, are obsessed with them all the time as far as how great they are. So, um, anyway, well, the, thank you for, for that insight. Yes, sir. Um, thank you, Melvin. Yeah. Quick, I, uh, you know, it's funny he mentioned Lindor and, and Cabrera in the same sentence and i just real quick put them heads ahead oh, damn they're both having shitty seasons miguel cabrera is actually having a worse season than frankie lindor <laughs> he's, they're getting paid the same money that's how that puts into perspective a how scary it is from a mets fan perspective because this could be you in the near future because if yeah. this is what you're getting prime now you know ouch and then you know the tigers they needed a face of the franchise. I guess that's what they got, you know. So if you combine 
their on base percentage. If you combine their slugging, it's 524 combined. <laughs> wow. That's not good. It's not what you want to quote Joe Girardi. Not at all. <laughs> well, thank you again, Melvin. Yes, that sir. Was fun. I have to, I, I like sort of picked up on that when I was like Nate Pearson, I think is like a 69. He's like a top prospect in all of baseball. So just bad stuff. By the way, Jason Dominguez and Davey Garcia are the highest rated prospects at a 74 and a 72. So Interesting. they should yeah. be ready pretty soon. And Jason Dominguez, wait, wait, they, they rank minor leaguers in the game? Yeah, they do. And they you can go up and down. So they're trending up right now in, in your season. What so. I see is a lot of people doing the, mm-hmm. I guess it's the story mode or career mode. Yeah, right. that's the road to the show. It's road the, to the show. It's the best mode in this. I, I do it myself. It is. Yeah, a lot of oh, people yeah. are posting about that. That looks pretty cool. I haven't yeah. even Tax season's been kicking my ass, so I haven't yeah. Yeah, definitely should pick that game up. It's the best by far, but they Melvin the most realistic. Um, Melvin convinced me not to buy with that Arenado. <laughs> That's the guy we need on this show. Man. It goes Arenado, Otani, Sabathia. Dude, I will be WBC'd out in Puerto Rico gear. I forget about it. What's Otani's rating? Just curious. He's just did you what mention is Otani? Is he rated twice as a pitcher and as a play uh, a hitter? Uh, Otani, uh, his rating is an 80 overall. Really? So yeah. they combine it. They combine it. They combine it. Yeah, an 80 overall. That's well. So, he has more value because of him playing two ways. Yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, about an 86, 87. Yeah. And by the way, in Road to the Show, you can you can choose to start your your career, your Road to the Show as a two way player now. It's actually pretty cool. That yeah. like on the story mode. That's cool. So, that's actually pretty cool. I was already a two-way player, if you know what I mean. The, the last uh, road to the road to the show, I had Otani on the Yankees rotation. That was just a random thing that they do. They that's another thing when you do the road to the show. They have players in different teams. Like you'll have Trout. Rod, Rod did it randomly. Yeah. yeah. Randomly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, Rob. I'm in franchise mode. None of my trades are random. <laughs> I've got they Wait, randomly Rob. put Otani on the Yankees for Rob. Yeah. Point gone, stand no. gone. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. When you, when you do when you do the story mode, you you do have random players because that because they go year by year. Like because uh, right now I'm in my twelfth year in twenty and two in the last um um the show um game, oh, and I have um I, who else I have there? I have um Cabrera. No, no, Cabrera retired already. But none of the players that you see now in the Yankees, they're not even there. And, and and you know what? Well, you know what the fun part is also in the franchise mode. You know, to say you get to, you get to choose the coach, the coaches, and the managers. So Boone gone. You know, that'd be a good one too. To, to, oh, I fired. He's that one. You know. Once I learned I could fire the manager, I fired him in teams immediately, <laughs> and then traded Brett Gardner for like a reliever. <laughs> it's been the most therapeutic thing I could possibly recommend. If you buy the show, just trade all the players who drive you crazy. You'll feel a lot better about yourself. But maybe. <laughs> Thank you again, Melvin. Lots of fun, guys. I'll see you all later. Have a great night. Good one. Uh, so there you go. MLB, the show ratings, just as nonsensical as MLB itself. Um, sure, Rob Manford sat down and did those ratings by himself in crayon. And let's move on here to our final official segment of the night. That is, of course, Booneheaded. Speaking of Aaron Boone, who I fired on MLB, the show 21. Henry, why don't you take that away? Boonheaded has been taken over over the last few minutes because of Melvin. So SIE Worldwide Studios, the makers of MLB The Show, <laughs> you get the Boonheaded of the week for giving Nolan Arenado's bum-ass, that high-ass rating. 
That's a good one. Yeah, I was uh, I was concerned. I didn't really see too many terrible decisions this week. I mean, I could always argue Boone's lineups every single day, but we don't want Aaron Boone to always win it. We just want him to win it the most. Uh, so that's a good one. Yeah, I, I you can't. I mean, those some of those ratings are just unforgivable. They don't make any sense. So uh, probably no fan input, I would think, went into this whatsoever either. Uh, just marketable guys. They probably took like you know, some sort of Quinnipiac poll of, yo, who's a bunch of pictures. I did that on purpose, by the way. Coming after my alma mater. Where I Quinnipiac poll and say, who's this? Who's this? Like a couple of guys are like, oh, that's Juan Soto. Build the wall. Like, you know, they just, they did a whole bunch of shit like that. People, that's Aaron Judge. I know him. Well, if there's anything like when I work there, Dottie comes around with a sign, tells you when it's snack time, you make about 274 calls in five hours and you talk to about eight people. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how it works. Kudos to those people doing that, man. That's not an easy job. It is a brutal, I, I could, it, my least favorite job I've ever had in my life. That's why I only did it for a month. Even I was, I didn't qualify for work study. So I only had like cafeteria polling Institute or you had to have a car. Um, I ended up getting a job with the bank on campus is my only option. Cause I was like, I'm not doing cafeteria. I did. I was a waiter once that is not for me either. Uh, but the polling institute, I was like, I would rather just not have money. Like, I'd rather just be poor. Um, just, it's an awful job. <laughs> so final thing, uh, we'll just throw this out there one more time. If you're still listening, um, CC Sabathia questions. Didn't see a whole lot of them. We're going to post it again. We need, we want some answers. If you can ask CC Sabathia anything live, what would it be? Keep it creative, take it seriously. Um, and we'd love to see what your responses are. And then let's end it with our dong of the week. Rob, take that away. We, we, uh, well, we've complimented him and made fun of him earlier in the show. That is Pete Alonzo over there in Flushing, one of the bright spots for the Mets this past week. He hit three home runs, none better than the one we are about to see here. This was off the Cubs. Cubs, by the way, just beat the ever-loving piss out of the Mets. Uh, but this ball itself was beaten to death that was Pete Alonzo leaving Wrigley Field with a long ball they said 429 I'm a little bit of a home run truther when it comes to this stuff I get that mathematically maybe that could be accurate but it looked like it was like 460 so again this is one of those things where I got absolutely attacked in the group so when I see a home run a big fly I go in and, and I uh I think the, the Twitter handle is dinger tracker and I will post the stat cast stats of the home runs, the, the launch angle, the speed, the exit velo, you know, the distance. And as soon as I put it up, because that was the only thing the Met fans had going for them at the time, because they were getting their ass kicked. I got attacked as if I wrote the shit, as if I'm the one responsible for measuring yeah. the home run at 429. He took 30 feet off his home run, Henry. That was really uh, rude. But uh, yeah, that was that was an absolute bomb. You know, Peter Alonso doing. I think he leads the league in exit in average exit you know, if I'm not mistaken. So makes Peter sense. Alonso doing Peter Alonso things, man. One more update, and then we're done here. Yeah, uh, Orioles still up two nothing on the Yankees. Indians Twins still tied at two. <clears throat> Braves take the lead on the Cubs. We mentioned earlier, or we very quickly. Chris Bryant hit a grand slam to tie the game. Dan B. Swanson has hit a home run to put the Braves back out in front five four. Athletics take the lead over the Rays. Sean Murphy a two run home run. That's a little another guy I'd put in your watch list in fantasy. You should get hot any day now. Angels have the early lead. Jared Walsh, my man, driving in. Shohei Altani, not my man. one nothing. Angels, no score in the rest of the games. Very important. Obviously, the most important thing, 
Dong City next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Come back and join us. The other important thing, the Audible is on tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern time. But Thursday is the NFL draft. I am very excited. I like it more than March Madness. I like making mock drafts. Inevitably, I'll have like, you know, 14% of it correct. Um, we're going to have, as far as I know, Matt and Randy, obviously, it's at their it's at, it's at their discretion. We're going to have kind of like a marathon Thursday. People will be in and out discussing it as the picks go on for the first round. So join us for that. Should be fun. Just we're all, we're both scheduled to be on, right? Yep, we're both scheduled to be on. With the caveat on my end, I get the vac- my second dose of the vaccine, the the deadly second dose at 5.05 p.m. that day. So we'll see what kind of condition I'm in, but I'm sure I'll be fine. Um, so I expect to be there. If not, you'll know why. And uh, Niners third pick, Henry, you want to make a quick prediction? Is it going to be Lance or is it going to be uh, your boy in I Alabama? I think it's all smoke and I think they're going with Justin Fields. Really? I think it's all smoke. All okay. smoke. They're going to go with the athletic guy. I, I agree. They, they I need like Russell Wilson. I agree. You know, when those rumors first came out, I was like, Fields makes the most sense. You just look at that offense. Guy can run. That's what, you know, they like guys who can get out of the pocket. You've got other athletic wide receivers. You just made, and you have a huge running game. Made sense for me. You don't necessarily need the best accurate quarterback because of the way that the offense is run. Um, Mac Jones, to me, is not, uh, that's not a guy I'm excited about on any system, let alone the Niners. Doesn't really make sense. I don't know a whole lot about Lance, but, uh, I, you know, Fields made the most sense, but it, my gut feeling tells me it's going to be Lance, just based well, on the with, I, I trust my front office enough that the guy they choose is the right the guy. Regardless. So yeah. I, I'll, I think I'm going to be okay with the pick regardless. I, I don't see the Niners going after Lance. I mean, he went came from North well, North Dakota State, I believe. Same place as this guy from that – they used to be in the Eagles, so now he's with the Colts. I forgot. Uh, I forgot. I got the name. Wentz. Yeah, Wentz. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Thursday marathon. Uh, the audible. Join us for that. We'll have it on during the draft. Wednesday, of course, the step back. Your New York Knicks just continue kicking ass. If you are a Knicks fan, it's time to wake up. Time to support this team. You can still hate Jaden <laughs> Stolen just like I do, but you have to start supporting the team because they're playing their hearts out, and it's nice to see. The Knicks are on an Oakland A's kind of run. Yeah, they are. Uh, haven't I would I am guessing it's been about twenty five years since they won nine in a row. I, I can't imagine it has. And on top of that, they've 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 covered. Well, I think it was like what thirteen. They've um, covered, yeah. They covered yeah, in Vegas. You're, you're betting on the Knicks, yeah. you're getting money. <laughs> they are up eight on the Suns right now. Suns, I think, have the best record in the NBA, if not mistaken. So that's a big matchup for them. The Knicks being a good matchup. It sounds like the '90s all over again. Absolutely, I couldn't be more excited. Hopefully, the Yankees catch on. Um, so join the the Audible, and then of course you have work shoot as well on Thursday nights. So we'll be back next Monday, that's seven p.m. Eastern time. You're on the West Coast, quit your job so you can tune in earlier or at least leave early. And uh, we'll see you next week, everyone. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to need everybody. I'm going to start this hashtag CC for Dong City. <laughs> yes. CC look, for Dong City. CC connections, this would make things a lot easier. I need CC Sabathia on Dong City. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining, Matt. We just plugged you. Um, I don't. I'm guessing Tuesday and Thursday you both have. Uh, we plug step back and mm-hmm. and work shoot and total bases. Okay, good. We're all plugged up. Uh, 
but yeah, the, the NFL draft, that should be an exciting one on Thursday. Stay tuned for more details on that in football life. If you're not in football life, if you're not in ball is life, feel free to join those. Those are football groups. Wrestling life is our wrestling group. Um, the other ones, well, pop culture life, you also have food life. The other Pet one, life, parent life, we have everything. Parent life, of course. Um, and then, you know, the other one's top secret. So we will, uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week. Everyone have a great night. Sounds good, bitches.